Okay, let's, uh, let's begin again. Again, welcome to everybody. Um, again, my name is Sean, and I'm, just, I'm excited that you've carved, carved some time out, actually, of your weekend to be here with us. Now, how many of you are ready for the fall? Who, who are the fall people here? How many of you are lamenting the summer? All right, and want to go back. I'm, I'm that guy. I want to go back to the summer. Here's why I want to go back to the summer. In the summer, I want you to know this. I consumed anything that I wanted to this summer when it came to food. I did anything and everything that I could. I'm telling you, I don't know how many types of chip flavors that I have tried, how many sourdough bread I've had, or hot dogs and hamburgers. I consumed it all. And I sometimes mixed it in with some greenery and some fruit, which then makes what I was eating very healthy anyway. And and, and believe this or not, but uh, I noticed that through the summer I became a little bit more lethargic. I, I slept a little bit more. And I even stepped onto a scale, and there was a certain measurement that it was reading back to me, and I, I learned this. I grew. <laughs> I grew. But do you ever notice how God will use your real-life illustrations to say something? Have you ever experienced this before in your life? Because my habits of the summer became a spiritual lesson for me and something I just want to allude to this morning. I stepped on a scale, and it measured something. And it got me thinking, how do you actually then measure, though, when it comes to your growing with Jesus? I mean, a scale told me I grew. But how do you measure how you grow with Jesus? Here's the reality. Daily, you and I consume many things into our bodies. And I'm not talking food anymore, although that's there. I'm talking about the things that we consume into our lives, into our spiritual body. There are things that will help us. There are things that will harm us. And so I'm asking you today, what are the proverbial um, veggies and fruit that you consume in your growth pattern with Jesus? I'm also asking you, though, what are the chips in the sourdough that you may be consuming in your life as well? For this one point, what you consume will grow you. Don't miss this today. What you consume will grow you. And you will be able to consume things that will help you. You will consume things that will hurt you. But what you consume will grow you. I can't wait for October because it's in October where we're really going to jump into Babylon and our character whose name is Daniel. And we're giving you some teasers over these few weeks in September. But our, our guy Daniel is, is really proof of this thought of what you consume will grow you. He grew a certain way in, in Israel before he even arrived to his place in Babylon. That when he got to Babylon, he was prepared for what was about to take place. And then we are shown in Scripture that Daniel is also shaped by Babylon. The verses that you're going to be able to read on the screen will show you that Daniel was shaped by the Babylonian culture. And they wanted nothing more than to kick Israel right out of them. And they wanted to help him to learn everything about their system and their way of life. Not only had Daniel grown before he got to Babylon, it shows us that Daniel also grew while he was in Babylon. And Daniel made a decision to be developed by God so that when Babylon came and tempted him and took him into exile, he was secure. And we have been talking about over the last few weeks how Babylon is here today and it is calling for your attention. So what you consume will grow you. Daniel made a decision. And like Daniel, I also made a decision in late August to change what that stupid scale was saying to my life. What I did is I began to establish some necessary goals for my health, 
which meant I needed to cut out some of the things that I really loved in my summer. And I also needed to bring a little bit of exercising into my physical body, which actually became a very spiritual practice for me personally. All of that to say this, I'm asking you in this next season, how are you going to measure how you grow in Jesus? Because over these three weeks of September that we've been using, Pastor James took us through the connect part last week. How are you connecting? How are you going to measure that? I'm asking you today, how are you going to actually measure how you grow in Jesus? But how are you going to do that? And I'm asking you to pick one thing from the many words that are about to be said. What is one thing? What is a new thing that you can commit to in this next season so that he can develop you? And I'm also asking, what consumption are you taking right now that needs to be cut out of your life? In order to do that, um, I'm excited because the champion for our grow category as our value and our vision here as the church is this really good guy. His name is Pastor Tyson. And Pastor Tyson is going to lead us through this idea and this development of grow this morning. And I'm excited for what he has got to say to us. But let me make this one statement about Pastor Tyson. Pastor Tyson is not to blame for your lack of growth in Jesus Christ. Fair? This is about you. Pastor Tyson is going to come and he's going to provide options of proper consumption. He's going to talk to us about the right measurements so our growth in Jesus will happen so that we can together measure how we are growing together in Jesus. So call it church. Make some noise for Pastor Tyson as he comes to deliver the word this morning. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Um, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I am excited for fall for one reason and one reason only. Pumpkin spice lattes are back. Now, as I was talking with people throughout the week after that followed, I had some people push back and say pumpkin spice lattes are gross. Do we have any of those people in the room today? Just want you to know, it's okay as we get started this morning to be wrong in church. <laughs> this is a safe space for all of you to process, and so you're wrong today, but I love you. And as we move into the fall, uh, I'm, I'm excited about a few things. Yeah, pumpkin spice lattes, but I love that, that football is back. Uh, I love sitting down on a Sunday afternoon after church is over, hanging out with my son and watching some football. And in the 1960s in the NFL, there was a player named Jim Marshall, and Jim Marshall played a record at that time, 282 consecutive football games, to be known as Iron Man Jim Marshall. In 1964, though, he was known for a different record than the 282 games that he played consecutively. He was known for a record of the most negative yardage gained on one single play in NFL history. Jim Marshall was a defensive lineman, and in, in, as a defensive lineman, you dream of the day when you can pick up the football and run. And so there was a fumble in a game against the 49ers, and he picked up the football, and he saw open space in front of him, and so he booked it. 66 yards right into the end zone. The only problem was it was his own end zone. He thought that he had scored a touchdown, and so to celebrate, he threw the ball away. And in a moment, he thought he had scored six points, but instead, he actually gave two points to the other team. Talk about a change of fortunes, hey? What was it that happened to Jim Marshall in that moment? He, he picked up the ball, and he ran. But what he did not do was check to see what direction he was running in. And I wonder for us today, how often is that the case in our lives? 
How often do we get going and we get in the rhythm uh, day by day? Our days are full and we don't stop to actually pause and reflect on what am I running towards? What end zone am I moving towards? What direction am I heading? Life can be full. And so day after day, we can get to the end of our days. And the only thing that we want to do is sit on the couch and watch Netflix or scroll on our feeds and see what's going on online. Our lives can be so packed at times that we don't stop to slow down and to reflect and to see what direction are we running. And as a result, we can get to the end of a season or the end of a year or maybe even the end of a decade and we can ask the question, how did I get here? You heard Pastor Sean talk about how at the end of a summer, he said, how did I get to this number on the scale? How did I get to this place? We can get to the end of a season and we can go, how did I get here when it comes to my health? How did I get here when it comes to my relationships with my kids? How did I get here when it comes to how I relate to my spouse or friends? How did I get here when it comes to my finances? And so one, one thing that I just want to cl- clarify this morning, a big idea that I want to share with us, is that for each one of us in the room today, your life is telling a story. Whether you realize it or not, you are moving towards a goal. Your life is telling a story. My son Bo and I go on walks often because when he was younger, he would like to wake up at ungodly hours. Still does. And... In the morning, there's not a whole lot to do while I'm still half asleep aside from throw him in the stroller and go for a walk. And one of the places that we walk nearby is the Hatley Memorial Cemetery. And it's a beautifully landscaped area. And as we walk, one of the things that I love to do is look at the tombstones and read what people's lives are summarized down into. One of my favorite tombstones in the garden, if you can try and find it yourself, a guy has written on his tombstone, Average North American. I don't even know what that means, but it's hilarious. Either his family did not like him very much or he has a great sense of humor, one or the other. But here's the spoiler for all of us, not to be morbid, but all of us will end up there one day. Maybe not in Hatley Memorial Garden Cemetery, but all of us will have our lives at some point summarized down into a few words or a few sentences. And so today, I think this is an important moment for us to look at and to slow down and to process what are our lives heading towards? What story is our lives telling today? And if you walk into the room this morning and you're like, I am happy with the story that my life is telling. I'm grateful for the direction that I've been heading and I can't wait to continue in this direction. That is awesome. If you walk in here today though and you're, you're saying, I don't like the first half of my story. I don't like where my story has been in this last chapter. I don't enjoy where I walk in here today. I want to encourage you, friends, today. God is not done with your story yet. Your story may not be where you want it to be, but your story can have a different next chapter for you today. God is in the business of redeeming and restoring our lives and our stories, and he wants to do that for each one of us in this season ahead, and invite us into a new chapter and a new season of growth. If you haven't been with us over the last few weeks, we are going through our theme verse for this year is that God is doing a new thing. And this theme verse is based out of Isaiah chapter 43. And you can read it with me today. It says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? 
I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do you notice in this passage of scripture that God is not saying he can or he might. He is saying, I am doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in your lives. God is making rivers in the desert. He is making a way in the wilderness. God is active and present in your story, whether you recognize it or not. And the question for all of us today is a simple one that's written right there. Do you perceive it? Can you see what God is doing in your story right now? Can you see where God is at work around you? Can you see the rivers that are starting to flow? Can you see the way that he is making in your life, inviting you into a season of growth? God wants to do a new thing in your story. That is one thing that I'm convinced of. And now the question is for each one of us, are we going to accept that invitation to growth? Are we going to accept the invitation that God is giving to each one of us to step into a new season of growth? Now, this idea of growing might have some of you being like, I am not interested in having another pep talk about where I can grow. Anybody in the room today, just if you're being honest, no hands, you don't need to raise them, you can be like, I'm exhausted. This last couple years has been difficult, it's been full, it has been challenging, and I'm not interested in a pep talk about, woohoo, let's go for Jesus. If that's you in the room today, that is okay. In fact, actually during the pandemic, uh, psychologists coined a new term for this idea of feeling lethargic, feeling like you're stuck, feeling like your days are, are joyless or maybe even aimless. And this term is the term languishing. Adam Grant, who's a psychologist, wrote an article in the New York Times in 2021 around this topic of languishing. What they found, psychologists, during the pandemic is that people weren't necessarily depressed, but they weren't also thriving and energized and excited to wake up every morning and to attack their day and to get into it. People were described as not feeling a sense of direction or a sense of purpose, not feeling like they knew where to go or what to do, feeling joyless, aimless, and stuck. And so what, what, they, what they talked about is that if you're in a place like this, it can feel like you're looking through life through a foggy windshield. Each day can just kind of feel like it bleeds into the next, and that term that they use to describe it was languishing. And the reason that I bring this up today is to not shame anyone, but when we want to step into a new season, sometimes it's helpful to name the season that we are currently in or the season that we want to come out of. We have to recognize and name and say, yeah, I'm stuck in a place of languishing right now, and I don't want to be there. I want to move forward. I want to get back to the way I was, excited about life, excited about following Jesus, excited about doing life in community together. And so the first thing that we can do to move past this season of languishing is to name our languishing and process it with God and with other trusted people in our lives. When we name it, it loses some of its mystery and power that it has over each one of us. The next thing that psychologists encouraged people to do if they wanted to move past a season of languishing is to find one small area of growth to aim towards. They wanted people to be encouraged to step into a season of growth. And the encouraging thing for all of us today is that this season of growth does not have to be overwhelming because God is the one inviting you into this season of growth. 
You might feel like it's all in your own strength or it's something that you have to force or make happen. But the truth of the matter is that God is the one inviting you into this season of growth. The invitation is there and it is open for each one of us. We do not have to do it in our own strength. We do not have to be overwhelmed because God is already at work around us. The question we come back to is, once again, do you perceive it? Can you see where God is at work around you today? God is nearer than any of us can see or think, and he wants to help you to grow. This is not a self-improvement project all on your own. The Spirit of God is living and dwelling within anyone who calls himself a follower of Jesus, and he wants to help you step into a season of growth. If we want to move past the season of languishing, we have to aim towards something. We have to find an area of growth. And, and one of the things that as we aim towards this season of growth that I, I kind of wanted to, to put before us is this question, how do we actually step into that invitation? How do we step into the invitation that God is giving to each one of us? And so I've kind of come up with three words and they rhyme, so hopefully you can remember them. If not, that's okay too, but hopefully by the parking lot and lunch today, you'll still actually remember these three words. These three words are slow, know, and go. Slow, know, and go. The first thing that we need to do if we want to step into the invitation that God has for each one of us of growth is to slow down. What this is all about is slowing down to be present to God's presence around you. Slowing down your pace to actually pay attention to what God wants to speak to you. How often in our lives are our time so packed full with distractions or with, uh, with important responsibilities that we don't have any space to actually listen to God's spirit and what God wants to do around us and in us? The example that I kind of think of is it's kind of like uh, in the evenings where I'm doing dishes in our kitchen and I've got headphones in and my wife, of course, is trying to talk to me from another room. How many of those words that she shares are going to actually get through? Little to none, unless she yells, which she doesn't do because she's awesome. But that's kind of like what each one of us can be like when our lives are so packed full. We have our headphones in and we might catch bits and pieces of what God is speaking to us and wants to do in our lives. But what we actually need to do is slow down sometimes, take out the headphones and be present to what the Spirit of God wants to speak to us and do in us. God is working in your story and in your life. The question is, do we perceive it? And how we step into that invitation is by slowing down to pay attention to the opportunities that are all around us. And as we slow down, one of the questions that we can ask is, where am I right now? I'm not asking where you're sitting right now. Hopefully you know this is Callwood Church or wherever you're watching online. I'm asking, where are you planted in this season of life right now? Where has God got you uniquely planted in this season of life? Where are you working or going to school or are you retired or out of work right now? Are you single or are you married? Do you have kids? And if so, how old are those kids? The season of life that you are planted in right now will often determine and dictate the growth opportunities that are right around you. This flower that's on the table here is a hydrangea flower. And it's actually from our backyard. 
In our backyard a few years ago, one of the amazing ladies from our church gave us a hydrangea plant to plant, and so we, my wife and I planted it in our backyard. And last year, when it was about to bloom, we went through that crazy heat wave, and there was a drought, and so it didn't flower at all. And I wasn't sure if it was going to come back this year, and I, was, I pruned it back to get rid of all the dead stuff, and I was like nervous about it coming back. And then this year, it surprised me. It came back fuller and bigger than anything I'd ever seen before, and it came back in a different color. When I planted it, originally, it was a bright pink, and it came back in a purple and a blue. And one of the awesome people from our church, uh, Jackie's her name, she was in our first steps group, and she was pointing at it, and she goes, did you know that that type of hydrangea can actually change its color based on the composition of the soil? I did not know that. I was just like, this is a miracle plant. This is crazy. (laughs) But she told me that based on the pH level of the soil, it would dictate what type of color the flowers would be. And so if you wanted to have one type of color, you'd add a little bit more bone meal or something that would adjust the pH balance to be more pink. If you wanted to add uh, something that will make it more blue or, or white, even you can adjust the soil by adding something that will change the pH balance of the soil. And the flowers and the plant that grows would be dictated based on what was in the soil. I think this is a picture for each one of us, church. The soil that you are planted in right now is not an accident. You are planted in this season of life for purpose, for a reason. You might not like the season of life that you're planted in, but God wants to speak to you where you are at right now. Really practically, what this might look like is, Are you paying attention to those nagging or recurring thoughts and feelings that come up in your mind? Are you paying attention to, oh, that's the third time this week that I'm sensing this is an opportunity to grow in this area? Or, oh, that's the second time today that someone has said this to me about this area. Here's one that we might not like. What are you frustrated about right now? Maybe it's a person that comes to mind immediately. Maybe it's one of your kids or someone you go to school school with, or maybe it's a boss in your life. What are you frustrated with in this season? You know what I love when God does, but I actually don't love it even a little bit? When God taps on my shoulder and says, they're not the only one with a problem here. When we are frustrated with something, often it is an invitation for us to grow in that area as well, not just the other person needing to change. Where are you frustrated? Where are you paying attention to where you are currently planted? Where might God be speaking to you based on the soil you were planted in for this season? We have to slow down to pay attention to where we're planted to see the invitations to growth that God has placed before us. The next word is know. We have to slow down and then we have to know. Now the idea behind this is who or what do you need to know to help you grow in this area? One thing I know about growth is that growth rarely happens on your own. Rarely do we have these eureka moments where everything changes when we're just all on our own. Usually it takes someone or something outside of ourselves to actually step into the invitation to grow and to see things differently. What this practically might look like is it might be life in a connect group, in community with other people who can encourage you, hold you accountable, walk with you, and journey with you. What this might look like in your life is a mentor or a guide who is further ahead in the area that you want to grow in, coming alongside of you for your journey, 
encouraging you, giving you knowledge and wisdom that you maybe didn't have. What this also might look like is grabbing a book on the topic that you want to grow in or listening to a podcast. What do you need to know to actually grow in this area? And as a church, one of the things that I want to encourage you with is this is something that we want to help you with. We don't want to just place it all in your hands and say, good luck on your own. We want to be a church that equips you and resources you. And that's why we do some of the things that we do in the life of our church. It's why you heard Pastor Sean talk about the parenting course next weekend. We want your homes, if you are parents in the room today, to be a place where the peace of Christ resides. Not where chaos and and confusion and all the difficulties that can so often be in our parenting resides. Anybody else today? Okay, maybe just my home at moments. That's all right. If you are new to faith, we want to create a space for you to grow by stepping into Alpha. If you haven't read your Bible, one of the best things that we do, I love it every year, is we read the Bible together as a church on a Bible reading plan online. I love reading other people's comments, how the scripture has spoken to them and the things that they are learning from God as they read the Bible together in community. We also have this database called Right Now Media, and if you haven't signed up for it, it is free, our gift to you to sign up where there are Bible studies and resources for you, your family, your kids, whoever it may be that wants to grow. And if you want to get access to this, you can go to our website and it's free, you just have to sign up. We want to help you grow. That is one of the things that is my passion, it is my desire to help you step closer to Jesus. And as a bonus, let me just say once again, the Holy Spirit is with you in this. The one who knows you better than anyone else is with you on this journey of growth, equipping you, empowering you. You do not have to step into this journey alone. He knows you and he is encouraging you and is for you in this journey of growth. So that it gets us through those first two words, to slow down, to pay attention to the opportunities around us, to know who we need to invite to this journey or what we need to learn to grow in this area, and finally, to go. What this is all about is putting into practice and being obedient to what God is speaking to us. How many of us know that we, we can often have good intentions but lack the action and the follow-through to see those intentions come to fruition. That was never clearer to me than at the beginning of 2022. We had our, our son last year in 2021, and as a result, one of the things that was disrupted in my life was my rhythm of exercising. And so as we got into 2022... I felt like God was lovingly saying, Tyson, this is an area that I want you to pay attention to. It's something that I want you to involve back in your life again. And so Lindsay and I bought uh, a stationary bike for our house to just put in our house and uh, to, to ride to get back into some physical activity and moving. And uh, I would say that over the first eight months of this year, it functioned as a very good laundry rack. My sweaters hung on it beautifully. And as we were approaching the fall once again, I felt like God reminded me that bike's actually meant to be ridden, you know. You got to still pay attention to what I'm speaking to you in this area. I want you to get moving. I want you to get going. And so I had to take my good intentions, my desire to be healthy, my desire to get moving once again, and I had to actually put some action and practice behind them. And so what I did was I set up a a tiny goal. 
I wanted to ride 500 kilometers before the end of this year. Now, for some of you who ride bikes, you might be like, that is nothing. But let me just say this. I was on pace for zero kilometers. So 500 is 500 more kilometers than I was previously on pace for. And I'm going to focus on that instead of how little it is. Because really, the, the pace is only about five kilometers a day. I can get that done in about 10 minutes if I'm riding at just a leisurely pace. And some days I actually want to go beyond that. Who knew? When you set a barely achievable goal, you sometimes want to go beyond that goal. And so for the area of your life that you are feeling God is inviting you to grow in, what does setting a goal or setting something that you are specifically aiming towards look like? For all of us in the room today, we have some clear things that we are aiming towards when it comes to being followers of Jesus. We are aiming towards uh, the, the words that are in 1 Corinthians 13. There's this passage that the Apostle Paul wrote that's often read at our wedding, at weddings that people go to. And I think if the Apostle Paul heard this, he'd probably be a little bit bummed out because it's not just meant for the couple at the front, it's meant for all of us. And this is the aim that we aim to, is it from 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, the words, I think yana has got them, here we go. Uh, if you go back, just one screen, Yana should be there. There we go. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Another great passage that shows us some clear things to work towards is Galatians chapter 5. It was actually in our Bible reading plan this week as a church, and it's the fruit of the Spirit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, there's about 24 things in those two lists, and they are not exhaustive. Our ultimate goal is to be people who look and love like our Savior, Jesus, these are just some really practical and great places to start our growth towards Jesus. Let me ask you, how many of you are killing all 24 of them? I know I'm not. Patience, sometimes. Kindness, hopefully most of the time. But as you want to grow in the area in your life that you feel like God is inviting you to grow in, and as you're paying attention to these words and these invitations as you slow down, Put some practical action behind it. If you want to grow in patience, here's, a, here's an experiment for you this week. Pick the longest line in the grocery store. Whew. Stay behind the slow driver on the highway. If you want to grow in kindness, choose to not say anything negative about someone else this week. See how that goes. If you want to grow in self-control, Sean's talking about changing his eating habits. Track the food that you eat this week. <laughs> Oh, it's an eye-opener. <laughs> Whatever you might feel like God is inviting you to grow in, we have to go towards it. We have to put some action towards it. Otherwise, it's just like that bike that sat as a laundry hamper in my room. We have good intentions, but we have to actually get going. One of the things that I love about this idea of getting going is that it's not about earning anything with God. It is not about us earning our own salvation. It is not about us earning even more favor with God. We can't do that. Uh, 
What I love is what Dallas Willard says. He says this, grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude, effort is an action. If you are sitting back thinking that these are fruit of the Spirit, so these will just happen in my life, spoiler, that's not how it works. We aren't CPUs that just get an iOS update. God actually partners with us, and we partner with the Spirit of God for our own transformation and our growth. It takes us actually saying yes to the invitations. What Dallas Willard is saying here is that we cannot change how God feels about us. That is already set in stone. He loves you. You cannot earn anything more with him. But that doesn't mean that we do not have to actually put in some work sometimes and some effort towards stepping towards the invitations to growth for each one of us. We have to slow down. We have to know what we don't know and who we need to invite in this journey. And we have to get going. As Pastor Sean was talking about uh, at the beginning, one of the things that he said that I would tell you today is about measuring our growth towards Jesus this fall. And the idea of measuring growing to look more like Jesus can oftentimes feel like a daunting and overwhelming thing. How do we measure whether we're actually stepping towards Jesus and growing to look more like him each and every day? It can feel like it's this really big kind of daunting task to think about. One of the pictures that I want to to share with us to kind of help illustrate this is every Friday, my son and I have what we call Guy Day Friday, where Lindsay works and Bo and I go hang out and do some adventures in the city. And one of the things that we did this past year is we got a pass for Bouchard Gardens. I want to teach Bo to appreciate beauty and nature and God's creation. And so we go to Bouchard Gardens almost weekly to just get out into nature and see all the beautiful things. And earlier this year in uh, May, I noticed this tree in spring that was not, had not had anything growing on it yet. And so if you can pull up that picture, it's on the left-hand side there. There's nothing growing on that tree I just was like, I'm going to take a picture of this and just track what it looks like over time. I had no idea what kind of tree it was. I didn't know whether anything other than leaves would pop out and I'd be anticlimactic. And so I, week after week, when Bo and I would go to the gardens, we would take a picture of this tree or, and, and on our way out, we would just take a look to see where it was. And uh, if you go to the next slide, on the right-hand side, that's what it looks like today. There's these beautiful white flowers that have come out on the top of the tree that I didn't know were going to come out. And and every time you walk by, there's this incredible smell and you you get to just breathe it in and see the beauty of this tree and the flowers that came out of it. Now, let me ask you a question. What did that tree do to get to that place? It just showed up. It kept being a tree. It took the, the sun's energy and the light. It took the nutrients from the soil that it was planted in. It took the water and it channeled all of that towards growing those beautiful leaves and flowers that popped out the top of it. Friends, I think that's a picture of us. You want to grow in this season ahead? There's one thing that I want you to focus on. Faithfulness. Are you being faithful to what God is calling you to do? It's going to look different for each one of us. But are you being faithful to slowing down to hear God's voice? Are you being faithful for bringing people and and resources along your journey and stepping into it? Are you being faithful in being obedient to step into the opportunities for growth that God has placed before you? 
we can get so focused on how do I measure how do how do I measure what I'm doing, and we can get so focused on wanting to fast forward and get to this future place that we can miss that most of our growth happens day by day in non-spectacular ways. Every week when I'd show up, that tree wasn't boom flowers one week. There's more leaves and a little bit more leaves, and then some buds from flowers. But it took week after week of faithfulness for those flowers to grow and to thrive. And just like that, friends, for each one of us, when we stack season after season after season of faithfulness, it is beautiful what can grow in our lives. God can grow amazing fruit in each one of our lives and our journeys if we stack being faithful with what he is speaking to us right here and right now. You might not like the season that you're in, but there is still an opportunity and an invitation to growth, even here, even now. The question is, will you slow down to experience it and to receive it? Will you know who you need to invite, a mentor, a friend, someone along for the journey, and will you put it into action and practice? That is the invitation before each one of us. That's why the invitation for growth for me is different than it is for you but I trust and know that the Spirit of God is speaking to you today. And so I wanted to just give us some room and some time as we close this morning's message to just actually allow the Spirit to speak, to slow down, to pull open maybe a note on your phone and to jot down what you might be sensing God is saying to you. So I want to just give you a, a couple moments. Ask God, God, what is, what is the invitation for growth for me in this season? Who do I need to involve? And then how do I actually put that into action? So we're just going to take a couple minutes to just pause, to breathe, and to pray about the invitation for growth for each one of us. Lord, I think the words from this song that Bethany is playing are so fitting for us. Even when we can't see it, you are working. You are working in our lives. You are inviting us to grow based on where we are right here and right now. Not based on where we used to be or where we would like to be. Right here, right now, Lord, there is an invitation to growth for each one of us. 
And so God, would you open up our eyes as that passage says in Isaiah, help us to perceive it. Help us to slow ourselves down, to pay attention to what you are doing in us and around us. Help us to hear your voice, Lord, in your direction. Help us to pay attention to the signals around us. God, give us wisdom for who we need to invite on this journey, who can encourage us, strengthen us, sharpen us, and help us to get to that place you are calling us to go. And then God, help us to just put it into action, to not just have good thoughts and good intentions, but to actually put practice behind it and to partner with you, Holy Spirit, so that you can transform us from the inside out, God. Lord, we love you so much and we're grateful for your incredible love for us. Thank you that your grace says we do not have to earn anything with you, but we have already been given everything. And so may we step into the fullness of life that you have for us, because that's what this is all about, stepping into the life and life to the full that you have already paid for Jesus on that cross. So give us eyes to see and ears to hear you working in us and around us this week, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen, church. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And if you are brand new to to faith or you're new to this whole following Jesus kind of idea, we would love to journey with you as you take your first steps of faith. You can text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. And one of our pastors would love to be in touch with you and hear more of your story. Well, as you head out this week, church, we love you. And if you're brand new, you you can uh, go say hi to Pastor Josh in the Welcome Center. He's over there. Love to meet you as well. Have an amazing week, church, and uh, I hope that you see the invitations to growth all around you that God has for you this week. All right, we'll see you soon.